0: Welcome, everybody, and my listening audience. Today, we're lucky to be spending some time with Erica Buenaflor. Erica Buenaflor has a master's degree in religious studies with a focus on Mesoamerican shamanism from the University of California at Riverside. A practicing curandera for more than 20 years, descended from a long line of grandmother curanderas. She has studied with curanderos in Mexico, Peru, and Los Angeles, and gives presentations on curanderismo in many, seti- many settings, including at UCLA. She lives in Altadena, California. Erica Buenaflor, welcome to our show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It is such a pleasure. I've known about you for a long time. I've been a fan of your books. Um, maybe could you just uh, give us the list of the titles of your books?
1: Sure, my first book is Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo. My second book is Curanderismo, Soul Retrieval. My third book is Sacred Energies of the Sun and Moon, which just recently came out last month. And then my fourth book, Animal Medicine, is coming out next year in July of 2021.
0: I didn't even know you had a fourth one in the wings, so that's wonderful news. I'm making my way through your third book as we speak, Sacred Energies of the Sun and Moon. So, so nice to meet you in person. And welcome to our show. I, I would like to start, if it's okay, with a little bit of your background story, which I find fascinating and caught parts of it in your book. So take us on a trip through history to find out more about who Erica Buenaflor is.
1: Sure. Well, um, my training in curanderismo it comes from um, field training and academic training, and it's it's um, it's very eclectic in the sense you know it's cultural. Where my great great grandmother was a very well known curandera during the um, Mexican Revolution. She was she lived in Chihuahua, Mexico, and then her daughter, my great grandmother. Uh, it started lessening the traditions of curanderismo, but she did work with herbs. She did work with cooking. And then my grandmother actually went to nursing school. So it became more of a Western thing. And the practices of curanderismo were present, but they weren't as present as maybe they were before. You know, cause in Chihuahua, um, especially in Juarez, it's a border town. So it became very Westernized pretty quickly. Um, so you see, residuals of it and I grew up with that you know I grew up with seeing you know my my aunts use herbs and use like a traditional and then western as well and then um fast forwarding when I came to the United States uh I was you know when I came at the time it was it was something that being Mexican was not something that you wanted to be (laughs) it was during the time you know a Reagan administration and Bush and it was um you know speaking Spanish wasn't something that fate you know People didn't want you to speak Spanish. Teachers didn't want you. They wanted you to speak English. So I grew up thinking that, you know, my culture was something, not something to be desired. So it wasn't until I actually got into college when I got uh, around some very progressive Chicanic studies professors who actually reintroduced me, started to speak to my indigenous roots um, and to curanderismo, to those traditions. And I just... Became going, wow, my culture is amazing. And uh, it was It was during also at the time, um, I came approximately three years after the UCLA hunger strikes. And it was a time where, uh, you know, a lot of the students and some of the professors went on a hunger strike so we can have a Chicano studies department. And at the time that I went, they got the Cesar Chavez um, they got the Cesar Chavez Center, but they didn't get a department just yet. So there were still a lot of walkouts and I was, you know, it, it very much inspired me and it influenced me to become involved in social justice issues. So in my independent studies, so they got, you know, I, I was really happy and, and really enthused about my study. So I, I did well in school and I got into a college honors program, got into a graduate program in my undergrad years and I got to create my own program where I was studying economic globalization alongside curanderismo, <laughs> you know, alongside traditional ways of healing and what that was doing um, just to trans- transnational economic globalization and what it was doing that to rural communities and communities and how we used to heal. So, um, and, and then I also was, got involved very much in social justice issues. So I, that actually influenced my decision ultimately to go to law school. And, you know, and I did and um, but the universe had something else in mind for me. You know, my second year in law school, I'm, I missed my flight. And I met this very interesting gentleman who um, identified himself as a gringo. And he said he had some land there and he knew some curanderics there. And, um, and that just totally immediately got my attention. I said, Oh wait, what? So he actually introduced me to my first two set of mentors. Um, my first mentor was uh, Don Tomas. And Barbara, Don Tomas, uh, he was, you know, your general uh, practicing curandera, where he did various forms of healing and limpias. Barbara was more traditionally trained as a sobadera, um, and sobaderas, uh, so sobadera, what they do is, it's, um, it's a shamanic form of acupressure and massage. At the same time, they're they're working to work out like different energies and clear them out at a cellular level. So. After I met them, I, and I remember when I, one of my first sessions with um, Don Tomas, who did a link for me, you know, he asked me, he's like, yo, what are you going to do? You know, I'm going to law school and to be an attorney and do social, justice. he just began laughing. He's like, you're not going to like it. Okay. And I said, uh, okay. <laughs> he's like, you shouldn't do that. You're a good andada, You know, cause he, I had told him that my, my great, great grandmother was a good andada," And I, I just kind of looked at him and just got really silent, like, okay. And um, it didn't really, I mean, something like something struck, something like really struck a chord at that time, but it didn't quite fully resonate at that time, 100%. But nonetheless, it resonated enough. So for the next seven years, I actually was going down to the Yucatan for about four to six months, every four to six months to continue my mentorship with them. And then in 2005, uh, this was already at the time where I was an attorney. I was still as a good mentee and I was studying also various forms of healing modalities and energy healing, and I was doing yoga, various different kinds of practices too while I was here in the states. And I was also teaching classes too in energy healing as well. Um, but I was very; they were very different lives that I was leading leading as well. And I was also, you know, still involved in social activism but they were very segregated, separated from one another. And then in 2005, I was hiking, did a very intense journey and I didn't ground myself from that very intense journey and that resulted in me slipping and falling off a cliff. I woke up with a skull fracture, brain hemorrhage, left AC dislocated, two vertebrae in my back fractured, I completely shattered my coccyx, left leg I fractured in three places, right leg, knee down, all of my bone shattered and came out of my heel. I got severe osteomyelitis um six weeks later i lost half the bones in my right ankle um it told me all these horrible things that i wasn't gonna be able to walk again i was gonna be um you know if i did walk because i had lost half the bones in my right ankle it was gonna be with some kind of assistance and um i was gonna be in pain the rest of my life because my coccyx was shattered there was nothing they could do and i remember when i first heard most, and then there were other things that, that were there. There were other things that, that continued on too. Um, but when I first heard, my, after about three days after I became conscious, um, I remember that's when I decided to fully embrace my don, which is a term used in curanderismo traditions. It's a gift of healing from God. And I finally decided to embrace it and embrace myself. Because I knew if I didn't, I was going to be handicapped the rest of my life. And um, I was in a wheelchair for almost a year. Uh, But after during that time, I basically applied everything that I had learned during my mentorship training, those seven years of of training. And I applied it on myself. And long story short, after not walking for almost a year, I walked with a completely normal gait in less than two weeks. And um, shortly thereafter, it was a very... It was a very huge uh, paradigm shift for me too, because, you know, in in Mexico, you know, we we have although we very much idealize um, indigenous traditions, ancient indigenous traditions, they're more of um, an idea, <laughs> because a lot of the indigenous people they're not treated very nicely in Mexico. There's a lot of discrimination against indigenous people. Pigmentocracy is still very much alive in Mexico. Um, So, you know, seeing, I mean, even growing up and seeing um, the Taramadas, the indigenous peoples at the borders, um, not treated very nicely by people that I knew, um, things that were said that were not very new. So it was something that I had to really shift and embrace those traditions, because those are all, curanderismo stemmed in traditionalist traditions, indigenous traditions. Um, So, and also my mom and... My mom and my dad were the first ones in their families on both sides to go to college. My dad, when he was 16 years old, graduated from UTEP, learned to speak English in college, graduated at 16 years old as an engineer. My mom, when my father died, um, he was shot in Juarez at work. She was actually the first one in her family to start going to college too and learn to speak English in college. So for their daughter not to go on and to leave her profession as a career, as, as an attorney was not something that was was going to happen. So it was very, that was really, that was a huge hurdle for me personally to, to shift out of, you know? So for, I said, you know, I said, you know what, that's good. I'll go back to school, I'll go to graduate school. I'll get my PhD maybe, and I'll study shamanism. I'll, I'll continue that way. As a and under under a professional guise, and um, it was a, it was a blessing going back to school because I actually just del- dove into codices of the ancient Mesoamerican peoples because I did also hunger for that as well, and it's not necessarily that my mentors didn't know about these ancient traditions because those traditions are very much still embedded, and they're passed on in oral and are in different different ways. Um, but I didn't always know the questions that would elicit the answers that I was seeking because I didn't grow up with those 100%. I grew up with residuals of that. And a lot of it was very much intuitive, intuitive practices that I did. Um, it was just an inner knowingness. And when I went back to school, I, I that's what I did. I, I was very healing. And I realized that when I was back in school, it's like, no, academia is not necessarily the road I want to take, you know? so. I, I just dove deeper into my practice and um, it was a beautiful thing because afterwards, shortly thereafter, I fully 100%, like it was a process. I fully stepped into my role as a curandera and embraced it. it took me about 18 years to finally embrace my, myself as a curandera and that was 18 years of training and practice and various other things. So that's, that's the, the gist of it. And then I began writing um, and that, and here I am teaching classes, mentoring, um, doing lots of different things. So, and of course, a, I was still learning.
0: <laughs> absolutely, what a what a fascinating story. Um, so, I guess what I wanted to what I wanted to delve into is this connection between the academic. I, I mean, I see several different strains or, or strands running through this this story. So we have your family background, your maybe genetic understanding of curanderismo. We have um, and that and that of course, changed over time due to the influence of the Spanish in Mexico. We have your academic training part of it, and then we have the the delving into the codices and and actually For those of our listeners who don't know what a codex is, the codices are on ancient books, basically, from Mesoamerica that contain a lot of cultural information. And unfortunately, most of those were burned by the Spanish, but we have these these remnants of that ancient knowledge. And then we have your practice as a curandera. So all of these strains kind of, interweaving in the work that you do and what i i guess what i what i want to know is how you were able to navigate all of those different ways at the same time
1: it was jagged edge <laughs> discontinuous it was it was i mean it's one of those things that there's no one way i'm not you know if anything those all those things inspired me to one reappropriate a lot a lot of them as well and decolonize them. Um, because a lot of peoples of color, that's one of the things that we we're noticing. It's like, hey, we see them in a lot of new age traditions, um, but their history, their practices, their roots, their culture, they're just not recognized. So that's a lot of us. We're, we're like, okay, let's, let's put this in context here. Mm-hmm. Let's give it its history. Let's give it its tradition. Cause you know, we all have our traditions and we want to re we're reappropriating our culture. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> and doing a wonderful job of it. I might add. Thank you. Um, so I mean, I, I sort of have a little bit of a, a parallel in the academic side of this and trying to put together what we learn in, in academia. Uh, I was at University of Oklahoma where I did my graduate field work in anthropology and was looking at ancient Mesoamerica and trying to connect that with the current practice of curanderismo. So maybe if you could kind of address that that issue and that concern. What do you see as far as that connection goes in how curanderismo is practiced today as a healing art?
1: Well, I mean, as I I explain in cleansing rites of curanderismo, the basic foundations um, are still present. Of course they're different and it's gonna be different with everyone and just so many complex factors of colonialism and uh, race and just a lot of different things. But the basic foundations being, you know, understanding that we use fire. We use fire to transmute. Uh, We use fire in a lot of our traditions in various different kinds of ways. Uh, We use candles. We use fires to reignite the sacred essence energies of tools, of buildings, of ourselves. Um, and these are just some 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 examples. We use water for purification, for rejuvenation. Um, that's still very much to use. We use them for ourselves, for um, for our items. We use platicas uh, which are heart-strengthening talks, to help release the energy. It's it's a shamanic form of therapy. You know because it's not just treating the mind, it's treating the mind, the body, the spirit, and the soul, you know, on a holistic level. Uh, We use barida, sweeps, that is still something that was done way back in the days where energies were swept, you know, from buildings, buildings understood as being sacred from ourselves, from items, so those basic foundations are still present. How they're practiced by different curanderics, of course, that is that that has always been uh, individualized.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about let's talk about curanderismo as I, I like to think of it as a, a spectrum, and you could go from one end of the spectrum, which is the very Catholic interpretation of curenderismo, and there's all the way at the other end of the spectrum there are indigenous communities where we see little, if any influence of uh, Catholicism or uh, even any kind of Westernization. And then you have mestizo curanderismo in the middle with all kinds of variations. So w- in your experience, what, what did you find as far as that, that uh, spectrum goes?
1: In terms of-
0: Well, sure- in, in terms of your own journey, you know, would were you did you encounter the, the very Catholic type of curenderismo? My my first teacher was very much from that end of the spectrum. Well,
1: I mean that's 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 a there's a lot of a lot of um a lot of things that are that are compounded there in your question. So I'm gonna just try to just kind of delineate them a little tiny bit. Sure. <laughs> um so one thing in terms of my personal mentors absolutely you know you see a lot of different influences of um, Christianity you know in you know they'll start talking they'll start speaking to the indigenous deities and then they'll mention our you know our Lady Guadalupe or they'll mention um, Jesus Christ they'll mention God um, so in that way yes I mean there's there's so it, it, and this is very different for, for every person and how they're recognized and um, it reflects a lot of again how, how certain communities because a lot of my mentors they came from the, well they came from the Yucatan. Two of my mentors were born in, um, in the Yucatan and they lived all their lives there. So the dynamics are a little different there being that the indigenous people of the Yucatan they have been very resilient in keeping their cultures and keeping their traditions. Whereas, you know, like my my grandmother, my family in in the border towns in Chihuahua, not so much. So you see a lot more influences of um, mestizaje, you know, the, the, the Spanish. So it depends on the territory and the region and the history of those places.
0: Beautiful. Well, Erica, I think that's a great place for us to end our first session. We have so much more to explore Erika Buenaflor, thank you so much for being with us for Section 1. Thank you. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.